you've ever seen the look on somebody's face the day that they finally get a job, they look like they could fly. And it's not about the paycheck, it's about respect. It's about looking in the mirror and knowing that you've done something valuable with your day. And if one person can start to feel that way and then another person and another person, then pretty soon all these other problems that we're facing may not seem so impossible. everybody this is ed hoffman and welcome to the main event open up with that clip from the movie dave about the uh people that the people are talking about getting people jobs if you ever seen someone's face after they finally get a job they look like they could fly no and it's not about the paycheck it's about doing something valuable with your day apparently that doesn't go on in uh, 2021 because uh you know there's just nobody to hire out there and uh, we're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, the the mood, the song I just used was another brick in the wall, part two from Pink Floyd's "The Wall." I'm going to use another little piece of Pink Floyd. You know, I was I was thinking about that as we see a uh, as we see a crowd of kids saying saying uh, no more masks, no more masks, and uh, you know, people have just had enough of it, had enough of it. And I start thinking about, it. I start listening to my uh, Pink Floyd "The Wall" album. And it's talking and the whole the whole uh, rock opera there is about uh, is a is telling the stories of how society blocks out kids from free thinking and how they and it continues into life. And uh, I actually sat and listened to an interview with Roger Waters uh, one night uh, in the dark with my my uh, light that I made in metal shop full of uh, twinkling Christmas lights. So it just seemed so kind of a uh, seventies and uh, sat in there and listened to J- Jim Ladd. This is an interview with Jim Ladd uh, talked to Roger Waters and he told the whole story of every song in it. And it's uh, and the whole, the whole thing is, is how the, how it's not necessarily, he's not necessarily the government, but the, but society how it how it's trying to control our lives, control how we think. And we're seeing it right now. We're seeing it right now. And that occurred to me. And I said, I say, I'm going to have to listen to the whole album from start to finish again and uh, take some notes because there's probably a whole bunch, probably a whole bunch more pertinent songs to use in that to talk about what's going on today. Um, you know, when I talk about nobody to hire, um, the businesses across the country report that they can't find people to hire. I know we were in uh, Bullhead City last weekend. And every single business you go into now hiring all positions, every, every drive through uh, place to, to eat, every restaurant, every, uh, every store. Um, even I think even the uh, home Depot had it up there. You no, know, Hey, we're, 
maybe it's, maybe it was Lowe's. Um, they're, hey, we're having live interviews. Come in on Tuesday. We're interviewing interviewing here live. It's everywhere because nobody can find people to hire because we're paying people to stay at home. And you know what? I think back to uh, what Katie Hopkins said when she was on my show uh, several months back. And uh, she said that her friend in, uh, in England was saying, hey, uh, we're calling our people back. We're calling our people back. Do you want to be in the first wave? And anybody who said no, there was never a second wave. So, you know what? And, I'm, and I've talked to people that have been, been milking this thing for a year. And I'm saying, hey, you know what? There's going to be this contingent of people who've been working all this time that when it's time for you to go back to work, that they're going to say, you've been out, you haven't done anything for a year. And they're going to, and no matter what your talent was, the fact that you sat home for a year is going to tell them about your work ethic. And this is going to, this is, it's all going to, it's going to backfire on the people that are milking it because they think they're smart. Hey, you know, why would I tell to stay here? Hey, call me when unemployment runs out. I'll come to work for you then. You know what? <clears throat> Those jobs won't be there. So, uh, so they're across, across the country. Uh, Nobody wants to work. Surprise, 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 surprise. Nobody wants to work when they're getting enhanced unemployment benefits. Surprise, surprise, surprise. From the Wall Street Journal Thursday, the country is, is in a striking, striking predicament. Employers in sectors like manufacturing, restaurants, and construction are struggling to find workers. These, there are more jobs, more jobs opening in the U.S. this spring than before the pandemic uh, hit last March and fewer people in the labor force. Surveys suggest that why some can't or won't go back to work, many people are receiving more in unemployment benefits than they would earn in available jobs. So that's the Wall Street Journal. Some businesses are foregoing work, such as not bidding on a project, delivering parts more slowly, or keeping a section of their restaurant closed. That reduces the pace of the economy's expansion. Other companies are raising wages to attract employees, which could inflate prices for customers or reduce profit margins for owners. Um, you know, we talked about this uh, a few weeks ago and that we played a TikTok video. I think it was a TikTok video. It was a video some guy uh, posted about uh, the price of price of uh, I think it's called OB, some kind of a board that's stronger than plywood. And it's uh, and said, hey, the price of that stuff is gone up five times. And there's stacks of it at Home Depot and every lumber yard and, and Lowe's. It's all over the place. So it's not a supply thing. And that that makes the price of uh, building houses go up. And the supply and demand, think about, hey, you know, they, the builders can't get materials as fast because there's a shortage. You know why there's a shortage? Because no one to work in, no one to work in the, in, the, in, the, in the mills, in the places that build them because they're getting unemployment. This is how you jumpstart an economy. You, you start it, you build an economy from the bottom up. First thing we do is we pay everybody to stay home. I have a, I have a friend who tells me that... Uh, the way our economy is going to stay strong is for us to get more into Bitcoin, into crypto. And I said, the economy does not mat, does not build based on what what uh, what you use for your uh, for your currency, whether it's whether it's a euro or a yuan or a Bitcoin or a Dogecoin or a, or whatever. The economy is driven by production. We build things, we create things, we sell those things. We service things and we uh, and people get jobs doing that. Then they spend their money buying the same stuff or different stuff. And it creates all those jobs. People have a weird, a weird, uh, weird, weird impression of how the economy works. And clearly that's a problem when that's the guy in the White House. 
and all his people and everybody who thinks he's doing a great job. Um, I'm scared for my kids, certainly for my grandkids. So anyway, um, we're going to go into uh, more of what's going on this week, but I thought, Hey, you know what? That's, that's just when I heard, when I heard the, heard the, some of the clips going on and said, Hey, I gotta, I gotta start out with talking about that even though that wasn't on my, uh, on my list of things to talk about. But uh, before I go any further, let me introduce myself. For those who don't know me, my name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me and get some information on the real estate opportunities, whether that's buying a house that you don't own, uh, refinancing a house that you'd like to own or, uh, or learning more about that, that thing that everybody's talking about that reverse mortgage thing. Uh, if you're over 62 and you'd like to have more, uh, more, more money in your, in your life than you do. Um, if you want to get it, if you want to get that information and you don't want to talk on the phone, find me at edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the summit funding logo and that'll take you to my lending page. You can put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear from back from myself or one of my talented teammates, and uh, we'll help you find that missing pieces, that missing piece to your real estate financing puzzle. Uh, if you want to hear something repeated, uh, the podcast page on edhoffman.net has this show as well as several past shows. You can also get the main event podcast on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts, where you can subscribe and uh, have it download for free. Uh, once a week, we upload it on Friday Fridays. I record Friday mornings. We upload it on uh, Friday afternoons and uh, sometime Friday evenings, it'll download to your, uh, your computer or your iPad or your iWatch or your iPhone or your mini pad or your maxi pad or uh, whatever else you can get podcasts on. And uh, you can hear it on demand anytime you want. Um, you can also get on SoundCloud as well, or uh, what's the other one? Podbean. Um, so anyway, uh, if you want to connect with the show on social media, uh, follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. Every all the other social media places, I'm at Big Ed Hoffman, and uh, the main event Ed Hoffman is uh, our handle on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash the main event Ed Hoffman. Um, if you want to leave a comment on the show, email me at Ed at EdHoffman.net or fill out the contact form on EdHoffman.net, where a lot of you've been uh, doing doing of late, and we're getting right back to you. So uh, let's talk about what's going on now that I got through all those. Uh, all those important things like letting you know who I am and how to get me. Um, teachers are dictating the science. This is some uh, enlightening information about how, how things are going, how things are being, uh, how decisions are being made all this time. I've been, I've, we've been told the schools need to follow the science before reopening, but as it turns out, the teachers unions are the ones dictating what the science is this week, emails obtained via the freedom of information act. Um, request uh, request revealed that the American Federation of Teachers, the teachers union, the second largest teachers union in the country, was given the chance to revise the CDC's guidance on reopening schools. So let's see. Um, we look to the president looks to the CDC to give him uh, to give him advice. But the CDC gets their information, not from the science. They call the teachers and say, hey, you guys want to go back to work? Well, we're getting uh, paid to, to not go to work and we can teach from our computer anywhere we want. And uh, it's not about making sure that, you know, it used to be, hey, teachers don't make that much, but people that want to be teachers, they, they want to teach. It's a calling. 
It's like being a doctor or, you know, being a, being a, uh, being a pastor or, or a, a minister. It's a, it's a calling. It's something that you want to do. And, and that's not about the money, but now it's not about that. So uh, the teachers just, they don't care about teaching kids. Well, it's not about them. It's really about me. And it's more convenient because I could be in Hawaii in my hotel room and uh, I could be, uh, I could teach them for, for six hours and then I can go out to dinner with my husband and uh, we're in Hawaii. Hey, we're in Hawaii. Isn't this great? And I'm getting paid for it. So just before the CDC released its updated school reopening guidelines in February, the AFT, the American Federation of Teachers, uh, influenced the CDC and the White House to stop the full reopening of in, in-person classrooms. The emails show conversations between the CDC director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky. Remember that she's the CDC director because um, I'm going to use her name a lot. Uh, her top advisors, the teachers union officials and the White House employees in the days before the February 12th announcement on school reopening guidelines. In those emails, the AFT thanks the CDC for allowing them to review the guidelines before they were made public. The AFT thanks the CDC for being open to their suggestions, which means the union was given the opportunity to revise the guidelines if they wanted. The AFT thanks the CDC for its desire to earn the confidence of the union, which could also be interpreted as uh, earning their donations to the to their campaign, uh, to their campaign uh, uh, funds. There, the AFT is is one of Biden's administration's largest donor groups. Last year, the union donated almost twenty million dollars to various Democrat candidates, including Joe Biden. And the and the thuggish behavior doesn't end there. According to Carl, Carl Rove, there's a very specific reason that the White House employees were CC'd on these emails. So let's not kid ourselves. This was not the AFT, the, the, the teachers union, talking to some career government employee at the CDC. They were including the Biden White House in these discussions, subtly sending the message to the CDC. Hey, we got friends at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. You better be doing what we suggest, which is laying the predicate for us to have more schools that are not holding in person in classroom instruction. So I, I thought that's a particularly thuggish move. And uh, you know, you'll notice they glossed over it. They weren't just talking to the CDC. They were talking to the White House and using the White House leverage to get from the CDC what they wanted. Hmm. Isn't this kind of the stuff they were they were uh, accusing Trump of? Hey, Trump's Trump's trying to influence Fauci to say this. They're trying to influence this and influence that. No, we're, we don't know the, 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 the sheep, the American sheep are out there saying, okay, so we have to wear masks or we don't have to wear masks. We have to stay six feet away. We don't have to stay six feet away. Are we allowed to go buy groceries? Are we allowed to uh, drive through or do we have to wear a mask if we're in a drive through Jack in the box to get some hamburgers? Do we have to wear the, the mask then? Uh, what about, uh, what about these, uh, what kind of a, of a supplement should we be taking? You know, what, what is really the way for us to make sure that we don't catch this COVID thing? But the CDC's being influenced by the White House and the White House's biggest donor. So uh, in the end, the AFT's lobbying paid off. In at least two instances, the union's suggestions were incorporated word for word into the final CDC school reopening guidance. One of them was a demand that teachers with high-risk conditions or increased risk of COVID-19 should still be able to work remotely after everyone else starts teaching in person. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why don't you let the teacher wear a mask and stand behind one of those plexiglass things and let all the kids come to 
come to school and sit amongst themselves and have their social, their social influence on the, on the, on their, on their childhood and let them learn without having to be breathing through a mask. It's all about the teachers. So, Hey, you know what? Hey, are you going to school today? Uh, yeah, I'm going to school. Well, we don't get to because my, my teacher's overweight and she's got a, and she's got gout and she's got diabetes and she's got asthma. So we have to stay at home. So my mom can't go to work. My dad can't go to work because uh, they don't have anyone to watch me uh, and I should be at school. So, uh, but because, uh, because my teacher's fat, overweight, high blood pressure has asthma. We have to stay at home because our teacher can't come to come to work at school and teach us in person. Hey, you know what? I got an idea. Hire some new teachers. The other change removed a CDC guideline uh, that schools could provide in-person instruction regardless of community spread of the virus. What, remember that regardless of the community spread of the virus. One week later, and, and of course, if, you, if you've been following this and if you're paying attention, you know, they're saying, hey, schools can go back because kids don't catch this thing. Yeah, they made a news thing about some kid, some teenager in, uh, in uh, Riverside that died of COVID. But I would bet there was other factors that made, made a young person die uh, of this because I just don't think that happened. One week later, Dr. Walensky, remember the CDC director, was interviewed by Jake Tapper. And surprise, 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 her remarks mirrored some of the AFT's demands. But President Biden has promised to always follow the science. Can you point to any scientific reasons for students in the United States not to return to in-person classes tomorrow as long as schools are taking the five steps that we referred to earlier, masking, cleansing, et cetera? Why not open the schools right now? You know, I think if you look at what's, as you noted, there's 90 percent of, of um, communities with this high rate of transmission going on right now. And we, we really don't want to bring community disease into the classroom. We also know that um, mask breaching is among the reasons that uh, we have transmission within schools when it happens. And so we really need to do the hard work to make sure that there's universal masking, there's uh, strict six feet of distancing between, that there's cohorting or potting so that um, there's, there's a restriction of disease if it were to be transmitted. And, and all of that is really hard to put together. Hmm. So, so she says 90% of the communities have a high rate, of, high rate of transmission. Where did that number come from? Did she pull it out of her butt? 90% of the communities have a high rate of transmission. Uh, I don't know that, that that's true. It's just, uh, you know, hey, I don't think anybody has a high rate of transmission right now, except for maybe uh, India. Uh, and mask breaching, mask breaching. Is that, is that a new term? Mask breaching? Is that like when a mask comes out of the surface of the ocean and makes a big splash like a whale does when a whale's breaching? Or does that mean, uh, uh, somebody hacked into the mask or, uh, I guess that's a new, that's a new woke term that I've never heard of mask breaching. Maybe that's when it's uh, mask breaching is responsible for, for the spread of the disease. Yeah. Well, we don't even have the, we've been wearing a mask for over a year and we don't even know that that has anything to do with the spreading of the disease. And what are these, uh, what are these hip, hip things, uh, cohorts and pods, uh, does that mean, uh, those, you know, cohorts and potting. What did she say about that? Cohorts, cohorting and potting that, that makes the, the disease. Does that mean sitting together? I don't know. I think she's, uh, talking out her butt because her mouth knows better. Did anybody ask the kids what they think about returning to school in mask and, cohorting and potting 
Joe and Jill Biden visited one Virginia school that has returned to in-person class and uh, with all with all of its restrictions from the safety of their clean, clear plastic pods with masks covering their noses and mouths. These kids gave their opinions. How did you like doing this from home? Um, I didn't like virtual. You didn't? No. No. Terrible. <laughs> How about you, honey? It was kind of fun because sometimes when the food was like paying attention to something else, you could eat and it was fun. <laughs> sometimes, like, when we were like, really tired, then we could, you know, take a little nap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, three kids. The first guy said he didn't like it at all. The second kid said she kind of liked it because you can eat when the teacher's not looking. You can kind of eat, you know, like uh, have a sandwich underneath your uh, underneath and then just move your face to the edge of the camera and take a bite of your sandwich. That's, you know, you get in trouble for eating in class. And the other and the other little girl says, I think it's a little girl um, said, said, uh, hey, you know, when you get tired, you can just take a nap. Well, isn't that why you go to school? You get a good night's sleep so you can stay awake and alert through the whole class and learn as much as you can. And is that is that the reason kids aren't doing learning as well? Learning as well because uh, they're not made to pay attention? I don't know. Seems to me well, the reason why people have coaches so that, to, to keep them on task. And that's why ki- kids... Uh, Kids go to school and have teachers. It's too bad this mom wasn't in the classroom when Biden was there. It's time. Take these masks off of my child. Forcing five, six, seven, eight, and nine-year-old little children to cover their noses and their mouths where they breathe for seven hours a day, every day for the last nine months for a virus that you know doesn't affect them. That is not in their best interest. And this has to stop. You know, the kids' best interest is not what teachers are doing now, because this is the Biden administration. This is the age of COVID. And you realize COVID was really just the flu. We really didn't have to shut down the economy. We didn't have to wear masks all the time. Should have just said, hey, there's a bad strain of the flu going on. Get your flu shot if you want to. And uh, just be aware, you know, this is really bad for for older people or people that are overweight, have high blood pressure, or asthma, diabetes or you no. Know, or if you're in your in your 70s or 80s, you know, hey, be conscious about who you who you hang around with, who you get close to. Just be just be careful and you know, do your best. Um, but instead, they control us like sheep. So uh, then uh, then uh, this week in a Granite School District in Utah, School board, uh, school board meeting got interrupted by a bunch of kids doing this. Winter, I move that we adjourn this meeting. I'll second. We have a motion to adjourn and a second. All in favor, say aye. 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 So they adjourned the meeting because it was being disrupted by all these kids that are saying no more masks. And part of me says, hey, you know what? Who, whose kids are these? Don't teach them how to behave. You know, they shouldn't have done that. Part of me says, okay, I'm good with that. On the other side of the coin, you got these, these guys that don't give a crap about these kids. And they've had enough. And I don't think that's a very healthy thing to do, to have to wear a mask over your mouth and your, and your nose all the time and sit there for, I mean, I, don't, I, I can barely tolerate it to walk into the grocery store. And then as soon as nobody's looking, I pull my mask down and, and I walk around without it. 
Um, but you know, these kids are sitting there for, with six, eight hours a day. That can't be, that can't be, uh, that can't be healthy. And at some point you got to pull some stunt to get people's people's attention. And, you know, I think about that song, Hey, we don't need no education. We don't need no thought control, no dark sarcasm in the classroom. Teacher, leave these kids, leave us kids alone. Okay. I think that's uh, kind of where we are today, folks. I think it's uh it's time. Everyone's had about enough. So those of you, like we said last week, those of you driving in your car alone with your mask on, you're morons. And those of you guys that are, that are drinking the Kool-Aid of all these, all this mask stuff, you know what? It's time to wake up, see clear, see what's going on. Hey, I got a lot more to talk about in the second half, but I'm out of time for the first half of the main event. So stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, commercials, and sports, and I'll be back with a bunch more. Welcome back to the main event, part two. My name's Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about real estate and finance on the show because uh, if you're not in the market, it's just boring and you don't want to listen to it. Um, or if you just finished refinancing, you just finished buying the house you want, you just finished getting your stuff together, you don't want to listen to a show like that. So I'm talking about stuff that is uh, that we all like to talk about. Uh, but if you do want to find out about real estate or financing, you want to talk to somebody who thinks like you. And if you're listening and you still and if you're still listening, you know you're talking to someone who thinks like you. Uh, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the Summit Funding logo and uh, do the cyber thing and we'll help you uh, fill in the blanks. So uh, the first half, we were talking about all the all the idiocy of of what we're seeing go on with the uh, keeping the te- the teachers out of uh, keeping the teachers from having to go back to work and uh, having people trying to stay out of work. Of course, uh, today I'm recording on Friday. They announced the uh, the labor the the unemployment the unemployment figures or the employment figures. And of course, they were expecting like a million new jobs uh, in the last month, and it was two hundred sixty-six thousand. And uh, surprise, surprise, surprise! You know, people stay at home; they don't want to take jobs. It's uh, probably the greatest time ever. If you've got teenage kids, if you've got, if you're a young adult, if you're sitting at home smoking weed and uh, watching the. Uh, Judge Judy during the day because you're getting your uh, I'm trying to think of it's not Oprah anymore um, uh, and you're and you're just be hey I'm getting my check why would I go to work this is going to end and you're going to be sorry right now you can go out and pick your job 
pick out, hey, you know, the Amazon, I can go to work at Amazon, I can go to work at this restaurant. I could be the I could be the freaking manager of this place. Uh, you know, I start working and then a month later, they move me over to the one down the street and I'm the manager of it. There's opportunity out there. If you guys aren't uh, telling your kids, if you guys aren't uh, informing your kids about uh, uh, to get them off their butts. I know uh, one of my guys at, at the office has a has an 18 year old at home and he's going, hey, man, why would I work? He goes, he goes, hey, man, it's about doing something productive. Don't you feel better when you come home from work? Hey, you got the same check as you did as you did uh, unemployment, but you actually build a, you start you start a career. It's not about college. It's not about uh, it's not about uh, who, you know, it's about getting out there, working your butt off, working your butt off and start at minimum wage, start a little bit higher, work your butt off, show your boss you're worth more, show the people you're dealing with. Uh, how energetic you are and you get job offers. Now's a great time because the, the, the starting block is wide open. So anyway, that's just my, this is my opinion of what I see. And uh, my kids are all uh, older than that and they're all employed. But if you got kids, now's the time, now's the time to uh, kick their butts out off the couch, go to work, go to work. So uh, anyway, if, uh, before I before I go on, if you uh, if you want to uh, uh, make comments on the show, I always forget to say this in the second half. If you want to make comments on the show, email me at ed at edhoffman.net. All right, so uh, let's talk about the border. The border's fixed now uh, with the, his magic wand of executive orders. Joe Biden has fixed the border crisis. Don't believe your own eyes when you see when you see the footage of migrants filling up the convention centers and the military bases. Don't believe it. Because Biden has fixed it. And don't believe your own ears when you hear about the teenage girls being told to use plastic bags as toilets. Nah, I don't believe that. That's not true. Biden fixed it. Because there was a story three weeks ago about young girls aged 13 to 17 in a Houston HHS facility run by a nonprofit. They had to shut the doors because the young girls were having to use the bathroom in bags. Mm. They were not allowed to stand up from their makeshift cots. And they are celebrating the movement of these children to facilities like this. Yeah. So that's how, you know, and I, I saw a post on Facebook this week that someone showed a picture of how our, how our military sleeps when they're, uh, when they're deployed and said, Hey, you know what, our military guys sleep like this. So I don't really care how illegal, illegal immigrants have to, how they're housed. I really don't care about those because these are the conditions our guys that fought for our country had to, had to endure. Um, but you know, this is how, how it's going. The, they're having to use uh, plastic bags as toilets. You know, the guys don't have as, as many problems. You know, we can uh, we can go around the side of a building or in the bush, you know, behind a bush or something. But the girls have to use a plastic bag. That's not a good thing. But before the inauguration, Biden and Harris named their top four priorities. They were and I kid you not COVID, the economy, racial equity and climate change. Seems like we have a lot more problems than that. And when NBC's uh, Craig Melvin pointed out that uh, not making immigration a priority was a mistake, Biden kind of got defensive. Immigration was was not one of the crises that demanded urgent action in January. Does it demand urgent action now? Is is what's happening at the southern border? Is it a crisis? It is getting urgent action now. For example, a month ago, we had thousands of young kids in custody in places they shouldn't be and controlled by the Border Patrol. We have now cut that down dramatically. Here, look, here's what happened, Craig. The failure to have a real transition 
The two departments that didn't give us access to virtually anything were the immigration and the defense department. So we didn't find out they had fired a whole lot of people that they were understaffed considerably. But in April alone, Mr. President, 170,000 people, migrants, apprehended at the border. It's a 20-year record. There are 22,000 unaccompanied children in our country right now. That sounds to most folks like a crisis. Well, look, it's way down now. We've now gotten control. Yeah, we've now gotten control. You know how they got control? They shipped them to Long Beach Convention Centers and other states and places all over the place. And I'll tell you that I have a I have some friends that uh, that run a foster care agency and I have another foster care agency that that is one of my tenants in my commercial property. And I'll tell you that. Uh, so I have I have some insight on how the foster thing works. And uh, one of one of my uh, one of my friends said he's looking at buying a commercial building and sell one of his rental houses and uh, and maybe two of them buy a commercial building because he needs a bigger facility because they have their the the government is pushing the kids from Long Beach Convention Center on him and he doesn't have the room. So he's going to buy a big building and uh, and then and I'm not and I'm not ranking on on the foster care people because they're working their butts off and they're trying to help these kids and the American kids that are in foster, it's no fault of their own, but these, these unaccompanied minors could be at home with their parents in their own country. There's no reason for this. So the government decided to open up the borders. Now all these kids are there. Now the foster care people are having to buy buildings to uh, buy buildings or rent giant, uh, giant uh, spaces from other people. And they're, People are making a profit, but they're not making profit by production. They're making profit because our tax dollars are paying them to deal with deal with problems that our government created. You know why the Republicans are all for smaller government? Because get them out of our lives and let us be productive and let us work to to make a living and not have to deal with all these other issues because they decided to bring them in. There's more there's more important stuff to deal with. And we've got enough. uh, We've got enough problems with with uh, foster foster kids that are there because their parents are irresponsible. So not only is Biden administration not dealing with the 22,000 unaccompanied kids who are here now, they're also letting kids who came here three years ago under Trump uh, stay indefinitely and bringing their parents. They were separated from back to the U.S. Here's a story from Washington Post. Four migrant parents were separated from their children at, at the U.S. border by the Trump administration and sent home alone will be allowed to return to the United States next week. The reunions will start a process expected to stretch on for months and possibly years as separated parents are ferried back to the United States from around the world. More than 1,000 families remain separated, according to the Department of Homeland Security. Their parents were deported alone, mostly to Central America in 2017 and 18. Their children have since grown up with relatives and other, other guardians across the United States. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas said the reunification task force has been working day and night to address the prior administration's cruel separation of children from their parents. Yeah, the cruel separation. Trump said, hey, you guys can't come in. And uh, and they stopped coming. He put up a wall. They stopped coming. They made he made deals with Mexico and uh, and Guatemala and uh, Nicaragua and and those countries to help out and stop all these people. So they never get into the United States in the first place. And they stopped coming. They'd stay with their parents. Hey, if you're, if you have a bright future, stay in your country and make, and make that country better. Don't come to our country and put it and be a burden on us. 
Meanwhile, the person who's su- supposed to be in charge of dealing with the most what shit, I can't talk today. Meanwhile, the person who's supposed to be in charge of dealing with the root causes of, of migration says she's finally ready to take the job seriously. But for her, that means giving lots of speeches about it. This is a priority for our nation and a role that I take very seriously. We are focused on addressing both the acute factors and the root causes of migration. There are the long-standing issues, the root causes, and I'm thinking of corruption, violence, and poverty, the lack of economic opportunity, the lack of climate adaptation and climate resilience. Climate adaptation and climate resilience. Is that what makes people come to the United States? I'm agreed with the, with the uh, poverty and the, and the lack of opportunity. That goes without saying. You don't need to be you don't need to do a, a study on it and you don't need to be uh, Kamala Harris to to figure that one out. So we don't need her to do a study and go make some speeches and never go to the border and really see that what the crisis is like. Um, this is this is common sense. But the but, you know, what? hey, we have to deal with the root causes. We don't need to deal with the root causes and rebuild Nicaragua and redeal in in and uh, El Salvador and Guatemala and Mexico. We don't need to rebuild it. So it's better for them. Put up the wall, stop them from coming in, let them be in their own place. And then we don't have that tax burden of having to house them and give them free medical and free this. And then if the, then if the government see, then if the people elect people to the government and we think, Hey, maybe this is a good thing that we give them financial aid to, to make their lives better there to help people, then that makes sense. But first stop the, stop the, the 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 load on our tax pool you know hey let's just tax tax the hell out of people that are productive and we're going to pay people to be unproductive and we're just going to rob from the rich and to give to the poor and then we're just going to put more burden by letting all the all the other people come into our country that uh that haven't paid taxes and don't pay taxes and uh don't bring anything productive to our country and that's not how you make america great absolutely not but uh, you know, instead we uh, hey, let's address climate, climate, uh, uh, climate change and stability and resilience. Uh, I think this is kind of uh, idiotic to me. Sorry, sorry if I'm if I may be wrong, but I'm not. So anyway, uh, let's talk about uh, this week. We've seen a influx of weird ads, weird ads going on out there. Uh, everything from the CIA, CIA recruitment. Uh, to running for governor of California. First, the woke CIA recruitment and ad. Apparently, the CIA started running these types of ads two years ago, um, but I became aware of it when I saw it, saw it uh, this week. The series is called Humans of the CIA, and it's designed to recruit new CIA agents by sharing the firsthand experiences of real CIA officers. This is the latest ad. Nothing about me was or is tragic. I am perfectly made. I can wax eloquent on complex legal issues in English while also belting Guayaquil de mis amores in Spanish. I'm a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. I am intersectional, but my existence is not a box checking exercise. 
I am a walking declaration, a woman whose inflection does not rise at the end of her sentences, suggesting that a question has been asked. I did not sneak into CIA. I used to struggle with imposter syndrome, but at 36, I refuse to internalize misguided patriarchal ideas of what a woman can or should be. I am tired of feeling like I'm supposed to apologize for the space I occupy rather than intoxicate people with my effort, my brilliance. I am proud of me. Full stop. Well, she used to have imposter syndrome, but I used to be conceited, but conceit's a fault and I have no faults. So uh, clearly this lady's been through too much, uh, too much uh, therapy. But I had to look up some of these terms. I am a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who has been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. Does anybody know what that means? Cisgender. And I had to talk to, I had to look up the, in the woke dictionary. What does all this crap mean? Speak English means straight. That means she's doesn't like women. I'm a woman who likes men. All right. Why don't you just say straight? Why don't you just say, Hey, I'm a person. And then uh, if you're, if you stray from straight, then that's something else. Um, millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety order. What is that? Is that like OCD or is that, uh, or does that mean you have imposter syndrome or does that mean, you know, what is, what exactly is generalized anxiety order? I have generalized anxiety. Uh, I, I watch the TV and I get anxious about what's going to happen to this country. What's going to happen to this world. And it makes me want to punch somebody in the face. And uh, you know, so I, I get anxious. I haven't been diagnosed with anything. I just say, yeah, you know, I'm, Hey, let's flip on family feud. And, uh, and stop thinking about this for a while because it just makes me angry that I don't have any way to deal with it. I'm intersectional, but my existence is not a box checking exercise. What does intersectional mean? So I looked it up. So here's the definition. Intersectionality is an analytical framework for understanding how aspects of a person's social and political identities combine to create different mo modes of discrimination and privilege. Hmm. The term was conceptualized and coined by Kimberly Williams Crenshaw. All right. Intersectional. It's an analytical. It's a way to figure out who you are, why you are, and why you uh, have different modes of discrimination and privilege. So, uh, and it shows a little chart here and it shows race, education. So uh, what color you are, uh, whether you uh, pay attention in school or whether you're, you know, whether you pay attention in school or you're homeschooled and you take naps when the, when you get tired or, you know, spend your time eating when the teacher's not paying attention, uh, your abilities, your age, your gender, your ethnicity, your culture, your language, and, and your class. And what does class mean? Does that mean, uh, you know, whether you, uh, whether you, uh, whether you wipe, your, wipe your face at dinner with the tablecloth or on your sleeve instead of using the napkin or uh, uh, I don't know. I'll tell you what then. Why don't you call me sometime when you have no class? Yeah, when you have no class. Okay, so I don't know. I don't know how that that makes you intersectionality. Well, you know, and I have no class. You know, I, uh, I I I I eat with my elbows on the table, and I uh, I I don't close my mouth when I'm chewing. Uh, so uh, that makes me uh, that gives me various modes of discrimination and privilege. Hey, you know, no one wants to take me out to dinner because I eat like a slob. That's the CIA. That's the CIA. I. 
I refuse to be in t- to internalize the misguided patriarchal ideas of what a woman can or should be. Does that mean um, like being home barefoot and pregnant, making kids, taking care of your kids, being a mom? Uh, I don't know. I thought we went through that in the in the late 60s and early 70s. You know, when uh, women were burning their bras, I thought that was, uh, you know, hey, miss, we're gonna, I'm not going to internalize misguided patriarchal ideas. And uh, maybe Hillary Clinton said, I'm not going to be a stand by your man, baking cookies kind of a kind of a woman. Uh, thought we were past that. I'm proud of me. Full stop. What's that mean? Full stop. I had to look that one up. Means uh, period. End of sentence. Uh, drop the mic, I guess. I'm still not really getting that drop the mic thing. We took out the part of how great great she is at changing diapers while she's calming a uh, a toddler. All right. Party. So uh, that's the kind of stuff that the CIA is uh, running ads for to recruit people to come into the CIA. I kind of like this, this little thing, uh, this little clip for uh, regarding the CIA lady who uh, helped find bin Laden uh, from the movie zero dark 30. I join you. How is the food down here anyway? Uh, it's okay. How long have you worked for the CIA? 12 years. Mm. I was recruited out of high school. And do you know why we did that? I don't think I can answer that question, sir. I don't think I'm allowed to answer. <laughs> All right. What else have you done for us besides Bin Laden? Nothing. I've done nothing else. Well, you certainly have a flair for it. You know what? That kind of thing says shows uh, shows uh, Maya, the girl who uh, helped locate Bin, La- Bin Laden, talking to uh, Leon Panetta. And talking about CIA stuff, and I just just the whole attitude, the whole attitude just is so different than what I see in that see in that ad, and it just gives me an impression of the CIA is a, a really woke organization now. They're not about actually finding things. So uh, that's the first weird ad of the week. This uh, the now the first two Republicans run for California's recall election start televised ads in the media with media appearances this week. Let's start with Caitlyn Jenner. California was once the envy of the world. We had what everyone else wanted. The American dream grew up here. Yet career politicians and their policies have destroyed that dream. It's been locked away, closed, shuttered, left in the dark, burned down. The government is now involved in every part of our lives. They've taken our money, our jobs, and our freedom. California needs a disruptor, a compassionate disruptor. I came here with a dream 48 years ago to be the greatest athlete in the world. Now I enter a different kind of race, arguably my most important one yet, to save California. I want to carry the torch for the parents who had to balance work and their child's education, for business owners who were forced to shut down, for pastors who were not able to be with their congregation, for the family who lost their home in a fire, for an entire generation of students who lost a year of education. This past year has redefined our career politicians as elitists and the people of California as the warriors, the kings, and the angels. Well, I don't know if I agree with that last statement, the elitist, but it uh, 
it has defined the people of California as sheep, as uh, as as uh, servants. Uh, I don't quite know about that. And I would take it a lot more seriously if that was Bruce Jenner as opposed to Caitlyn Jenner. It just seems weird now. So, uh, and you know, I don't completely, don't completely disagree with, with uh, most everything that uh, Bruce, Caitlyn, whatever its name is. Um, but I sure hope after all we, all we did to, uh, to uh, get the recall thing happening that, Caitlyn Jenner and John Cox are the only are not our only choices. So he's my least favorite candidate from two years ago running. Cox's ad features a real life bear named Tag, who he re- refers to as the Beast. You've probably seen it on t- TV. It seems to run about every three minutes. The bear is actually on the road with Cox on his campaign. His campaign bus is plastered with an image of the roaring bear and a tagline: "Meet the Beast." Tag is kept on a, in a pen behind Cox as he speaks. Handlers feed the the bear chicken and cookies so he doesn't attack the onlookers. Onlookers, you can't make this up. Here's Cox's a little piece of Cox's TV's ad and compares to where he compares uh, his challenge to Gavin Newsom as Beauty and the Beast. We chose pretty over accomplished. Pretty boy, pretty boy. We chose beauty over brains. We chose to continue a political dynasty instead of saying, stop, this ain't working. We need to choose someone who can fix this place. John Cox is like so many of us. This beauty has proven he can do it. This beast can. This time, make the right choice for California and your family. I think I'd rather vote for the bear than John Cox. And, uh, you know, I think uh, just God send us somebody. Send us somebody else. Travis Allen, wherever you are, rethink going after this thing. We need you now. Or, uh, you know, uh, Daryl Issa or, uh, hey, Larry Elder would be a good one, but I don't think he's interested. We got a lot of people that would uh, probably make good governors. Uh, I hope someone besides John Cox and Caitlyn Jenner are, uh, are our choices. Hey, anyway, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. So uh, my name is Ed Hoffman. Don't forget to uh, send me your comments to ed at edhoffman.net. And uh, thanks for listening, and I'll be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California DRE ID number 1012658, Arizona MLO license number 0926439, branch NMLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 0925837, equal housing opportunity.